Welcome to an encouraging word from Pastor Elliot Warren from Cross Culture Church in Houston, Texas. I want us to look at something this morning, a powerful, powerful story, and it's partly powerful today because I believe it's for today. I believe it's something God wants to emphasize and God wants to share. By the way, I feel so good today. And people look like this outside. I'm like, I'm hot every time I preach a little bit. And now people look like they're about to, you know, shiver, shiver to death out there. But anyway, um, this, this, there's a story in, in Exodus 14. This is where they crossed the Red Sea. Okay. So what's happened up until now? The people of, they're coming out of Egypt but they've, they've still got to go through the Red Sea, right? And so they come up to the sea. There's no place to go. They can't go left. They can't go right. They can't go forward because of the sea. And now they, they can't go back because the army of Egypt is there and they are mad at these individuals that seemingly have caused them a lot of trouble through all these plagues that have come. And now it looks like um, there's no way for them to go. You know, it, it's an interesting story. And I like, you know, some people get upset at the Bible saying, um, God hardened Pharaoh's heart. And you go, well, God do something like that. And I, I like this story, this part of the story, because God says, I'm going to let y'all wander around and have no place to go. And Pharaoh's going to look and go, look, they're out in the wilderness. His heart's going to harden because he's going to see something that makes him feel he's stronger. Do you know what I'm saying? Do you, see what, you understand what I mean? It's going to be like an illusion out of his own pride. He's going to think he's going to be able to defeat this army because, look, God messed up, right? So he's going, hmm, look, I'm going to fight now. Yeah, I lost. I lost in seven plagues. But now I'm going to win somehow. I don't know. So it's heart hardened, right? So that's what's going on. God's actually luring Pharaoh, the devil. Man, I just, I just love how God works in hindsight. But when you're in the middle of something, sometimes we don't like the way God looks, works because it doesn't make us feel good. And that's why you have to learn by, to walk by faith because faith takes you out of that circumstance where you're looking at the Red Sea and you're looking, I can't go left, I can't go right, I can't go back because there's no place to go. Faith takes you out of that and puts you in a place of rest and confidence in the middle of your mess. Amen? And we have been called to be people of faith because God allows us to be in situations like that on purpose. Amen? What a powerful thing there. So what are they doing? They see the bad situation. It looks like God let them down. It looks like God led them into a place where they can have no breakthrough. You know what happens when we can't see any natural way of getting a breakthrough? We begin to be more desperate. Usually, when things begin to go bad, we still see a few ways we can get out of it. Oh, I can get out of it that way. Okay. And then we lose that option. Oh, but maybe it's going to happen this way. When we lose all of our options, there's no way out. How do we feel? At the moment, if we've not gone through this before, we lose it. We get frantic. No options. No breakthroughs. God, I thought you'd do it that way. Because I could see you could have done it that way. God, you could have done, but now there's no options. So we get anxious. We worry, right? This is where they were. All the open doors had closed. There was no way whatsoever. Any rational person would say, you're going to lose. And actually, that's exactly what Pharaoh the rational one in this situation was saying, ha, ha, you're going to lose. And that's what the devil will tell you. 
you're going to lose. And he himself doesn't even know the last story. He thinks he's going to win too. The devil allows, God allows the devil's heart to be hardened. He thinks he's going to win, as stupid as it is. Right? And then what does God do? He says this. In that situation, verse 13, Moses said to the people, in that situation, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of God. In the middle of the situation where there is no way out. There's no answer. Everybody said it's not going to work. The scientists, the doctors, the businessmen, there's no way out. God says, in the middle of the worst situation, fear not. Be still. Man, do you not love that? Can you hear that voice? Can you hear the Word of God being alive to you today? Is the Word of God alive and speaking to you today? Fear not. Stop looking at your situation. Be still. Calm down. Be at rest. And then, and then guess what he says? The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Now, I just want to go back and mention something here. I believe one of the greatest things we can ever learn in life is to be still, be quiet, right? And that's what God's telling us to do. And that's what God, I believe, is speaking to us to do. Um, so, how do you be still? Let me just back up to that. How are you going to be still? How are you going to not be afraid? You remember we talked about that a little bit last week? You got to be willing to let go of your fears. Uh, you know, that sounds such like an easy thing to do. Oh, okay, I just not fear. No, you don't understand though. Think about it. Fears are a force. They're a feeling. It, it's almost like involuntary. It's an involuntary feeling that comes upon you, right? The way to let go of your fears is you have to actually push them out. The way to let go of anxiety, you have to push it out and you have to trust God instead. Fear has to be replaced with faith. Amen? Anxiety has to be replaced with trust. You've got to go through this process and be free on the inside. Amen? Now, if we don't go through this process of be still, you will not be able to do what comes next after being still. What comes next? Go forward. Amen? I will tell you this. If you don't deal with your fears and your anxieties, when your opportunity comes, you will not be ready to go into it because deep down you still have fear. And when opportunity comes, it's not going to be like, oh, it's just so easy. Opportunity comes and it usually makes you go, oh, I don't know if I want to do that or not. You will shrink back at what God is calling you into. He says, go forward. They're looking, there's nothing there. Moses stretches his hand out of the, on the water, right? And what happens when he stretches his hand out on that water, right? What happens? Water opens up. There's a wall of water right there. I mean, it must have been massive. I mean, seriously massive. You ever watch a tidal wave come in and you just see that wall of water? He's telling these people, I want you to walk in front of that wall of water. I mean, honestly, 
you know, when you get started, you're going to go, be going, oh, my gracious. You, you understand what I'm saying? It's not like, oh, we, no, they're going. And, and I wonder, was it making a noise? You, you see what I'm saying? Was the wind blowing? And they have to walk underneath that wall of water when you're going, what is holding that wall of water up? How is that happening? And you're walking under that knowing if somehow that wall of water quits being a wall, you're going to drown. You see, they had to be willing. And thankfully, they were. But there has to be a be still, be at peace before you'll be ready to go into the promise and the blessing. Because the promise and the blessing that's in front of you will always require you to have faith. People think when their breakthrough comes, it's going to just be like the lottery. Most people that buy the lottery end up in trouble not too long after. They say it's the worst thing that ever happened to them. You ever hear people say that? The lottery was the worst thing that ever happened to me, winning the lottery. Anyway, people think that's what faith is like. One day, no problems. My faith, finally, I have no problems. No. One day, finally, you're going to be free on the inside. There will be problems out here, but they won't be here anymore. That's the goal. Not, I don't have any more troubles. You are going to have troubles, but you can overcome because Christ overcame, amen? God says you can overcome. And we can overcome if we'll just go with God. If we'll just go with God. Just go with God. Get rid of your fear. Get rid of your doubts. You might go, I don't know how I'm going to do that. All you've got to do is start going to God. Bring it to God. I'm too weak to do that. Everybody's weak. If you can't do it, nobody can do it. Do you see that? Do you think you're one person too weak for God to help? That's the most crazy thing ever. If one person can have faith, anybody can have faith because faith comes from God. Faith comes from the Word of God. And all you need to do is do what the Word says. Go through the process and it will work for you too. Amen? Go spend time with God. Go connect with God and watch how real that will become for you. Start pouring out your fears. Don't excuse them. Don't live in them. Bring them before God and say, God, this is here. I'm bringing it before you. I'm letting go of it. Every time when you recognize there's an area of mistrust, lack of faith, lack of courage to go forward, bring it before God. That is not the way you're supposed to live. You're not supposed to have fear, worry, lack of courage, right? Are y'all with me? I'm telling you this because this is the season we're in. God is raising up warriors, men and women that are going to be like Joshua and Caleb, men that will be like Jonathan in the, in the Old Testament and, and David that did great deeds and great works of faith. God wrote about these in Hebrews 11. All this, this, these examples of faith for us so that we can walk in this kind of faith. Amen? We've got greater promises, but we don't always have greater faith than the men of the Old Testament. But we've got a greater blessing. We've got greater potential. We need to have at least the faith they had. Amen? And let's learn from them, their mistakes and the ones who made it. Because what God did for them, He'll do for us. And where they messed up, we can mess up. People are like, no, that doesn't apply to you. Yes, it does. What's that? I think it's 1 Corinthians 10. This is, these are examples for us where they messed up. God's saying, hey, don't you do it that way, right? You remember the first generation? They're, in, they're coming out of the wilderness. God brings them up to the promised land. What is the promised land? We all look at it as our land of opportunity, right? It's your place of blessing. It's your place of increase. It's your place of milk and honey. We all get excited about that, right? But the problem is, in every blessing, there are giants there. So God goes, go in and take it. I've given it to you. They look. But the problem is, they still have worry, fear, anxiety on the inside of them. And what happens when they come to their opportunity? 
that fear and anxiety and worry pops up to the surface and they can't make it in. And what do they do? They begin to cry and scream. God gives them a little opportunity. Okay, that's all right if y'all shake it off. Joshua, Caleb, they begin preaching. Guys, don't do this. We're not going to go in if you're acting like that. Your words, your attitude is going to keep you from entering into God's best for us. Stop acting like that. Stop talking like that. You think that that doesn't apply to us in the New Testament? You are wrong. A negative mouth, negative attitude, slack attitudes in the church. Let me tell you something. You will never inherit your promises. Amen? God's like, I'll pull you out of where you are into something new, but you got to be willing to deal with those fears and anxieties in that secret place of the Most High we talked about after praise and worship this morning. That's where we've got to go. Amen? Because God's got something in front of us. God is calling us right now. Like I said last week, God is calling us now to a place of peace, rest, strength in the middle of not seeing anything come together. Don't not waste this opportunity. Do not waste this time. It will not always be like this. Some people are going to go forward and you may end up going behind them but that's not God's best for you. Amen? God says He is calling you to go to that secret place right now. He's calling you to be free. So when your time of opportunity, when our time of opportunity comes, which is right here in front of us, we will not back up, but we will go forward into what God's called us because that's the place of blessing. But what happens is if we're not ready, we'll be full of fear, We'll be full of anxiety at how big the giants are, how big the problems are, what, might, what bad might happen. You see what I'm saying? It says this in verse 14. He goes, stand still, and then he says this, go forward. Excuse me. Before he says this, before he says go forward, he, go, he says, stand still. The Lord is going to fight for you. You just, you, but you need to hold your peace. You need to be at peace, right? Um, and then, and then, by the way, I, I like that. That is a word in itself. What's he saying there? When you stop worrying, when you stop worrying, then God's going to go to work for you. People don't realize this, but worry almost nullifies faith. Do you know how God does things? By faith. How many times did Jesus say, be it done according to your faith? Be it done according to your faith right? He never said, be it done according to your worry. He never goes, you're worrying so much. I'm just out of mercy. I'm just going to help you because you're worrying so much. He never said that to anybody. You're crying so hard just because of that. I'm, I'm going to come through. Now, if you're crying, one, there are some things it's great to cry about actually unto the Lord. Weep tears for people who are unsaved or whatever, because of your compassion and some other things. But you know what? He's not going to reach out to you because you're worrying a whole lot. He's not going to go, pat you on the back go, I am so, you poor little, whatever your name is, you know, poor little Billy Bob, uh, you know, what a bad situation you're in. God understands how bad our situation can be, right? But what's he going to say? He's going to, he like, I'll strengthen you, get into that word. I'll pull you out of that doubt. I'll cause you to believe. And guess what? When you believe in the, in the worst situation, God goes, be it done unto you according to your faith. That's how I like to move. Amen? Amen. Worrying X's out faith. You might think it's a little, no, this is not a big deal to worry. No, no, no. You don't understand. That little worry, that little anxiety, that little fear on the inside of you, it's against God. It's against your future. It's against where God wants you to go. You might think it's just your problem, just the way you're wired, just who you are. God's like, no, everybody's wired that way. Amen? Do you see what I mean? Look, when they're going into this, the first time they try to go into the promised land, how many people ended up getting in? Two out of thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Why? Because fear, 
spread to everybody else. It seemed so real. It seemed so rational. It seemed so right, didn't it? Amen? Anyway, so then he goes and he says this. And then he goes, okay, so he said, stand still. Then he says, the Lord's going to fight for you. Right? Then what does he say? Why do you cry? He's telling Moses, why do you cry out to me? Tell the children to go forward. Uh, I just think that's a funny sequence there. He says something here. Be still. And then he says, go forward. And it, isn't that, doesn't that strike you funny? But this is a sequence you'll see is in Scripture over and over and over. God calls you to be still first. And then out of that is where He calls you to go forward. You see, too many people try to go forward when they're messed up, when they're all in shambles. God's like, come to me first. You be still. Then he goes, and I like that he goes, why are you crying out to me? I think that's a funny picture. And he's telling this to Moses. Moses is there. The water's there. And um, the people are there. There's nowhere to go. Moses is like, be still. And then he's going, God, give us the breakthrough. God, why are you crying out to me? Stick your hand over that water and open the Red Sea. Okay. You take some initiative. I mean, what a, what a word he gave Moses. Now that things are in order, now that the peace of God has come on the people, now go forward. You got a new place. Now, now stretch your hand out. I love that. He's like, woken the authority in what I've already called you to do. He sticks that rod out. He acts. He acts. And God opens up the water. Sometimes we have to do something before the breakthrough starts to happen, right? He's asking, God, you do it. God, you do it. God, you do it. What are you calling out to me for? You do it. And I like that he says, why are you crying out to me? It's as if you ought to have known that already. You think you're being religious? You think you're being what? You're supposed to be stepping out into the authority I have given unto you. Amen? You're supposed to know the right time to do things. Stick your rod out and it'll work. Oh, thank you, Lord. It works. Amen? And then the people go out. But look at that sequence. God brings us to that rest. And on the foundation of that rest, God sends us into something new. I just want to say the season we've been in has been a season where God has been bringing His people to a rest. They've not been trying to build this way, that way. It's been like rest, trust. There's nothing you can do right now except rest, trust. Put your faith in me, right? Just like there was nothing they could do there with the water. All they could do is rest. Look at the people in the wilderness, 40 years. What is he teaching them? Rest, 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 trust. They don't have food for the next day. There's millions of them. God, there's millions of people. There's not a restaurant in sight. There's no grocery stores. There's no food enough for even tomorrow. I want you all to think about that. They had to learn to be in that situation and to rest. God wouldn't even let them take two days worth of food. Why? Because He was teaching them. I want to teach you to rest and trust in me. And sometimes God will allow lean times. You know what's the matter with the lean time? It's not that the lean time is bad to be in. You can enjoy your lean time. What the problem is, is in the mind and in the soul, you feel bad because you're worried about it. Amen? If you knew God was going to drop supper in your dining room table, you wouldn't even worry about not having food that day, would you? Don't worry about anything. If God feeds the sparrows every day, He can feed you. That doesn't sound rational at all, but somebody really wise said that. That was Jesus, right? Well, what a powerful thing we're learning right here today.
So, God is calling us out of that in this coming season. Remember, it's this time of rest, rest, rest. Get rid of all anxiety. Put everything on God. And I've been doing that. I go to the Lord. In fact, it's amazing when I do this with that intention. When I go to God with that intention, these things pop to the surface, right? These things pop to the surface in my heart, in my mind. And I'm going, God, I, I just give you that. God, I give you that. And you know what the strange thing about it is? Sometimes when I see these things, and I'm, they almost feel worse for a moment. It's the craziest thing. Or, or the other day I was, I went through this and I woke up in the morning and I felt worry and all. I'm like, wow, this is spiritual. So I had to pray through it all over again. I'm going, that's the craziest thing. But anyway, God's getting ready to take us to a place where we're going to expand the kingdom. We're going to increase in our territory. We're going to be killing giants. and We're going to see God move in the earth. I fully believe that. And y'all have got to get this picture. Do you think all this Old Testament stuff and the example was just given for them? No. It says it's given for us. Not just what they did, but even the pattern of what happened is for us. And we're going to see that in just a minute. But we're getting ready to do something pretty great. And I want to encourage you in this because I will tell you whatever's getting ready to happen in the earth, which I don't know what that is. I won't be surprised if some crazy things happen in the earth. It won't surprise me one bit. I mean, you, you don't know what might happen. You see what I'm saying? But I'll tell you this. Those that have put their trust in the Lord will be confident. Those that have dealt with their fears and anxieties will not worry in that day. They'll know that God is with them. They'll be confident in God's salvation. They know that they don't have any way out of where they are. God will make a way out where there is no way out. You see? I just love that. And it says this in Isaiah 55, 12. You shall go, you shall go out in what? Joy. You shall go out in joy. Not in worry. Not in fear. Not in anxiety. Could you imagine that being a verse? You shall go out in worry. And God's going to see that worry. He's going to have compassion on you. No. You shall go out in joy and be led forth in what? Peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you. And the trees of the field are going to clap their hands. Man, nature's going to see, watch you and applaud at you rising up, going forth in joy and in peace. Amen? Praise God. Okay, years later. Okay, after this, we, we looked at this Exodus story. Years later, we go to Joshua. Let's look in Joshua. By the way, I want to encourage you to get into the Word of God. I was going to talk about this later today, but I'm not sure I'm going to get to it. But the Word of God is supposed to be our everything. We're supposed to be in church learning the Word of God, not learning to feel good, not learning some kind of cute stories about this and that. You have to have the Word of God in your heart, in your mind. The Word of God is what is supernatural. The Word of God is what makes the difference. Amen? We got seminars and everything about everything else. If we just get the Word of God back into our hearts, back into our homes, back into our lives, I think we'd be amazed. We got more seminars, more kind of teachings, trainings. And if we would just go back to getting the power of the Word of God back into our lives, our marriages would be, our, be fixed. Our children would be fixed. Our homes would be fixed. Our society would be fixed. Amen? We keep trying to plug up little holes with this little that thing. We just keep going backwards. The Word of God needs to come back. Amen? Amen? Anyway, I was going to get into that later. Maybe I will if I have time. So, look in Joshua 3. This is another situation. This is years later from the Exodus 14, right? Exodus 14 was the Red Sea. Then after that, there was the Promised Land where they missed it. They missed that opportunity I was talking about. Here they are again, getting ready to go into the Promised Land again. And this time, they are ready. Okay, they're getting ready to go into the promised land again. And Joshua says to these people, getting ready again. They're not doing it, but they're, they're there. He says this, sanctify yourselves today because tomorrow the Lord's going to do great wonders among you. What's he going to do tomorrow? He's going to split that Jordan open. They're going to walk over on dry ground. 
they're going to walk over to where the giants are. So what does he tell them? Sanctify yourself. What does sanctify yourself mean? It means separate yourself to God. It means go spend time with God. Make sure there's no wayward way on the inside of you. Of course, it means sin, but I believe it means a whole lot more than that because they're getting ready to go to where the giants are. They've got to get every fear out of their heart. They've got to get every anxiety out of their mind. They've got to be dedicated to God and they have to say, Lord, if I die, I die, but I am going forward. I will never back up. I will trust you. Amen. The Bible says in Revelation, the reason why you overcome is because you do not love your life even unto the death. The devil would just say, I'm going to kill you. You might as well say, well, if it's doing the will of God, today's a good day to die. I'm not going to back up. Amen. Amen. <laughs> we have to be willing to say things like that and not be afraid. This life's short. We're all going to die. I'd rather die a good way than a bad way. Not doing anything. I heard one, uh, one preacher, he wrote, he said, I'd rather wear out than rust out. Anyway, he was like, people told him he preached too much. Um, so he goes, sanctify yourselves. So he said, look, be clean. Clean that up. What is he saying? It's the same kind of principle. You come to a place with God. You get with God right now. It, it was ceremonial when he said, sanctify yourselves. But it's also, it brought that thing into their hearts of we're separating unto God. We're pulling away from these things. We're, de we're pulling away from anything that, that would pollute us whatsoever, that would taint us, stain us. Nothing like that. Why? Because we're getting ready to go to the place where we're going to need God's breakthroughs. And if there's any spot, stain, whatever, that's where we're going to be weak. You see? He deals with that. He says, deal with that today because tomorrow we're going to need miracles. God's going to do good things. That's why he says, tomorrow you're going to get your breakthrough. Today you're going to have to draw near to God, get free, so you'll be willing to step into it when it comes. Anyway, so that's where that is right there. And then, and then um, you know, you see another example here in Joshua chapter 1. Um, this is such a great example. Um, this will be the last chapter I think we're in that I can remember. But look at this. This is Joshua coming into the new, okay? You remember Moses led them into the old? They're getting ready to go into the promised land. And who is there? Joshua, right? Joshua's never been spoken to before, but I want you to listen to this. Not by God, not, not this way. It says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua. You know what? God will start speaking to you at a new measure when the new season comes and you need it. Some people go, God, I don't have dreams like everybody else. God, I don't have this. You will. You keep pressing into the Lord. There'll be the season where God starts speaking to you in a new measure. Amen. All of a sudden, God started speaking to Joshua. God had promoted him. He was in a new place. And it says, um, he says this, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, rise up and go. They had just had a time where they had been mourning Moses. And sometimes you have to get rid of the old. You have to pull off the old to go into the new. So Moses died. They took a season to mourn that. Uh, Moses is gone. So they mourned it. But what is God doing here? He's inaugurating something new. And he speaks it out. Moses is dead. You got to go on. Amen. They were used to Moses telling them everything. Moses was the leadership. And they, they knew how God worked through Moses. Let me tell you, God's going to work differently through Joshua. He's the same God, but it's a different season. They've gone from wilderness to now they're in the warfare. Amen? And they're going to win. But you've got to be willing to let go of your last season of what God's been in if you want to go forward in your new season. And that in itself is a step of faith and trust because we know what was, but we don't understand what's in front of us, right? And just saying, that's what God's doing right, right here. And then he goes, every place where the sole of your foot... Well, let, me, let, let me see, hold on a minute. Yeah. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread on, I have given to you, just like I said to Moses, from the wilderness, from this territory, all the way over to there, he gives them a territory. All of that's yours. Nobody's going to be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, I'll be with you. 
Listen to this word. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Amen. I love that word. Okay, so what's he saying here? I'm going forward now. You're going to have to go forward if you want the blessing. The blessing isn't sitting back anymore. I've already done that work in you. Now it's time to go forward. You're going to have to go forward if you want to stay with me. You can't sit back where you've been. You can't just rest in that. You, you've, we're going to have to go beyond that. That's what he's telling them. Now, again, look at this. I'm just going to say it again. Where have they been here? Uh, they've been waiting, resting, trusting, right? They've been in a crazy place. They can't do a thing about it. Is that right? God's taught them to rest. And what did he teach them there? You're not going to live by bread alone, but by every word. They were trusting. They were trusting. God said he'd provide. God said he'd provide. God said he was going to do this. God said he was going to bring manna. They're, they're trusting. They're holding on to that word and they're believing. Whatever God says, hold on to it. Hold on to it. Otherwise you'll go crazy. Right? So it goes, now you can't do anything. You can't do anything. He takes them from that to... Now, I'll give you where your foot treads. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you see the, the very great difference there? Sometimes we want to be like this and God's like, be still. You're doing what you're doing out of anxiety. You're doing your, what you're doing because you're nervous. You're doing what you're doing because you're restless. Be still. That's not how I want to do it. Maybe some of it even worked, right? When I was in college, I remember worrying would work for me. It made me study harder. God's like, nope, I don't want to do it that way. Maybe worrying seems to have worked for you. You got to quit it. It's not God's best. Amen? And you definitely can't go into God's promised land that way. It might have worked for you in some things, but it's not going to work for you God's way. It's not going to take you where you need. Are y'all with me? You see? So they've gone from I can't do anything but just trust. There's no way out of the situation. Just have to trust. That's the foundation. Trust. Once that's built, God's like, all right, out of that, out of that, I'm going to say, now go forward. There's something different when you go forward at that level of trust. Now you're going forward, but you're not believing you're doing it. You're just going forward. God's doing it. Do you see what I'm saying? Before you get that anxiety and fear and worry and nervousness out of you, you think you're going to serve the Lord and do it, and out of the, your effort, God's going to do it. But once you get all that broken and you're just resting and trusting, now you're going forward and your eyes aren't on you and how strong you are in the, the natural your, your eyes are completely on him. He's going to do it. My goal is just to go forward. Do y'all see, see that? Our goal is just to go forward. Right? So, um, so he's calling them here from that place of inner rest to go where the giants are. Wow. That, that's, that's just traumatic, isn't it? And he says, if you'll go, you'll win. Right? Now, I believe when he called them out, the feelings were still there. Uh, fear feels bad. Worry feels bad. Right? They felt it is real. But they had to make a decision. They're going to walk not by sense faith. What they can feel, touch, see, but by faith in the Word of God. Why did the old Israelites go through that initial Red Sea? You remember? They had faith. They had to trust God that water's not going to come in on them. Right? But you could ask the question, but why did the Egyptians go then? The Egyptians went through the water too. They didn't go because of faith. They went because of natural faith. They go, huh, look, they're walking through the water. It's not coming in on them. They're not, it's not faith in God. Do you see what I'm saying? This is their rational senses. For whatever's, whatever force is doing that, look, it's not going on on them. It's working. For, theirs was sense faith. 
Do you see what I'm saying? People today won't sense faith. They want to see it before they'll step into it. They want to touch it before they'll believe it. What did Jesus say to Thomas? Blessed are the ones who believe before they see it. You can still follow the ones that believe, but you didn't, you know. Praise the Lord you believe now. But it's a real big blessing when you believe before you see it. Listen, it's not craziness. It's God's way for you to get into the Word and believe before you see your miracle. Well, that's crazy. If it's Word-based, if it's the Word of God, it's not crazy. It's God, and that's exactly what God's called you to do. What did God do with Abraham? He called a man, said, I'm going to give you a son. And then what did God do? He purposefully put him in a situation where he could not make it happen naturally. Oh, I'm as good as dead. The Bible says he was as good as dead. That's when God's going to do the miracle. Because he goes, okay, he's got to believe for something when there's no possible way that it can happen naturally. Amen? Do you think God won't put you in a place like that? And do you think God's going to come to you the night before and say, okay, I'm going to put you in a really difficult place, so be ready? No. He just gives you the word, and then the situation comes, boop, and there you are in a bad situation trying to figure things out, wondering, did I do something wrong? Why am I here? God, why did you make this happen? And God's like, I'm just watching you. I knew this was coming all the while. It's part of the plan. You have to go through that for me to do in you what I need to do in you so you can be who I want you to be at rest, at peace, right where you are, believing right where you are, full of faith and confidence right where you are. That's your breakthrough. Amen? That's your breakthrough. When that happens... I'm going to send you then into something new. But the breakthrough happens then. If you don't get that breakthrough, you will never go into what I've called you to because your fears, your worries, your anxieties will never allow you to walk fully in it. Yes, you're still going to have to rest. You're still going to have to enter my rest. Yes, those things will still hit you, but you've got to have a foundation of learning how to trust and have given over all things to the Lord. And no matter what comes your way, you're going to have to learn to stay in that secret place of the Most High. Amen? Once you learn how to go there, you'll never forget it. You learn right now before you meet the giant. You learn to swim in shallow water, don't you? But when you learn to swim in shallow water, you remember how to do that when you get thrown in 20 feet of water, don't you? It's the same thing. It works the same way. It'll keep you up off the water the same way. Faith is the same way and trust is the same way. Amen? All right. So, anyway. Um, so he says this and then he goes, okay, so, so he says, I'm going to not leave you nor forsake you. Where have you ever heard that before? You ever hear that? Joshua, yes, but who else says that in the New Testament? I'll never leave you. I won't forsake you. How about go into all the world, preach the gospel to every I will be with you always. Didn't he say that? Now, I want y'all to connect just for a moment with Jesus' words. It's the same words, pretty much. It's the same thought. I can't help but think he's got the same picture in his mind when Jesus said that. Because Jesus was full of the word, right? It was coming out of him all the time. Remember, he spoke the word to the devil. Jesus was always preaching the word, wasn't he? Look at this. He goes, go make the disciples of all the world. Change lives. See lives transformed. See people transformed. See cities transformed. See nations transformed. They had a little territory. In the, what does he say? You remember he says, he told them in Joshua, you've got from here to here to there to there, right? Jesus goes, okay, I'm expanding your territory. I'm telling you, go into all the world. 
He's connecting with this. We're supposed to take this story and apply it to our mission. Do y'all see that? Go into all the world, make disciples of all the nations. Anyway, Jesus brought us into the same mission. Guys, gals, we are called to have a mindset of, wait a minute, we have to go forward. How many people are looking at the giants in our nation? Oh, there's this problem. Oh, there's that problem. Oh, there's this problem. And I believe we should pray for leaders. I mean, I believe God uses them, right? But let me just say something. God is like, I don't want you to really ultimately look to anything but me. And I want you to obey me. And I want you to have the mindset, if you would get up and start going forward, I will be with you. And what does he say to Joshua? No man will be able to stand before you. You remember when he sent the disciples out? What does he say? The devil will not be able to injure you. He's not going to be able to destroy what you're doing. It's really powerful. And it's a mandate for us, but there's too many of the believers today going, what are we supposed to do? Um, you know, we just need to, to maybe come to church and live right. Well, that, that's just the beginning. Amen? God's got a mission for us. Our promised land, your greatest place of purpose. How'd you like to live your life and die not having fulfilled your purpose? How'd you like to be in eternity going, man, that's what I was supposed to do, and I did this. You could, you could have become a billionaire. Well, in the next life, you're not going to go, I was a billionaire. You're going to go, oh, that wasn't even what I was supposed to be doing. It's going to be like nothing. You're going to go, that little something, over, that was what I was supposed to be doing. You see what I mean? Your greatest purpose in life is to connect with God's expanding His kingdom in the earth. Jesus is like, my greatest thing is to do the will of the Father. Oh, that's so fulfilling. I'm connected to that. That's my food. I am telling you there's nothing more fulfilling than to do the will of the Father, to expand the kingdom, to see people give their lives to God, to see people delivered from demons and wrong thinking and addictions, drug addictions, sexual addictions, all different kinds of things, to see demons come out of people that have begun to act a little strange or whatever, or that are tormented by emotional things. To see the kingdom of God expanded is amazing. And there's nothing greater that we can be a part of. Amen. I'm going to stop right there. Maybe we'll go into a little bit of this next week. And it's just thought just keeps coming to my mind just the last minute. You know, you know, Jesus, he, he really preached in three dimensions. You know, when Jesus started preaching, where did he, he start? He, it says he, he preached repent, right? Repentance. That message needs to go out. It doesn't need to be finger in your face. And I might preach in a certain way because of a gift to a bunch of people, but I wouldn't sit down in a coffee shop and talk to somebody like that. Do you know what I mean? And so you just nice just plead. Peter preached, but then it says he pleaded with him afterwards. Be reconciled to God. Come on, God. Be reconciled to God. Be saved from this perverse generation. He's trying to bring him to repentance. But then what does Jesus preach? After it says he preached repentance, which I think that's Matthew 4, then he goes on and it says, then he preached the gospel of the kingdom. When he preached the gospel of the kingdom, it says that's the miracles all began to happen. What's the gospel of the kingdom? Well, we'll talk about that down the road. But it's the kingdom power of God. And people go, well, but then, 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 then. No, Paul preached the gospel of the kingdom too. Amen. And then what did he do? It said he taught the people. He fed them. Man, I just want to just say, I'm looking forward to what God's getting ready to do. The word of God's getting ready to go forward. It's going to be food. You need to be feeding on it every day. You need to you brush away the religious mindset. You need to go, man, the word of God's in here. God, speak to me. Make this word that's on the pages become alive when I read it on the inside of me. Amen? Because the word of God's living and active and it's powerful. Man, the devil can't stand in front of a word that's being spoken out of your mouth. 
that's the word of God that's been birthed in your heart. God's getting ready to do something great. So let me just back up. What have we been saying these last two weeks? It's time to rest. It's time to trust. Get rid of all your anxieties. Don't think, oh, that's just me. No, anybody can get rid of that worry. It's hindering your faith. It will hinder you from going into what God's getting ready to do right now if you don't deal with it. And the other thing I'm just saying is, I want you to get prepared, get ready, because God's getting ready to move on the scenes. It's time for God to go forward. It's time for a move of God. It's time for an explosion of the kingdom work. And you're, you're getting prepared. You're getting ready. You're getting in the right mindset of expectancy is so important for what God's getting ready to be and to do right now. If you don't get ready, you'll end up being like the people in the generation that was in the wilderness going, oh, we can't do that. Oh, that's too big. Oh, the giants are too big. That'll never happen because you never saw it happen before. God's going to do something you've never seen before. Amen? He likes to do that. He's going to take us somewhere we've never been before. Amen? Well, God, we want to thank you, Lord. Whoa, what a great hour we're in. Lord, I just pray right now, everybody, particularly those of us who've been walking by faith, we realize, oh, this season I've been in, oh, God, it's been a training season. It's been a training season, teaching to rest, teaching to trust, teaching to just keep being faithful, teaching to put my eyes on you. That's where I've been. That's where we've been. That's where everybody has been in the body of Christ for the most part. God, we just thank you for that. And Lord, we see you bringing us to a new level. It's like Joshua right before they crossed that Jordan. He said, okay, guys, you've been learning that us already, but let me, let me just go back. Now consecrate yourself. Go back to God right now. Make sure there's nothing there. Make sure everything's laid down before the Lord. Make sure you're living right. Make sure he's your focus because you're going to need everything you're going to need in this season we're coming into. And God, we just want to thank you. That season is just going to be amazing. We're going to see you do things we've never seen done before. And we thank you for it. And God, our mindset is like that Old Testament. When you gave them a territory, you said, go possess it. You've given us the whole earth, all the nations. And you said, go, God. And we're one of the tribes, so to speak. Lord, we're just ready for our assignment. We're just ready. Here we are, oh God, give us our part. Give us our mountain. Oh God, we thank you, Lord God. You're faithful to do this. We see the pattern here. Now, Lord God, we pray. Here we are, Lord. We're dedicated to you, God, to live for you, to die for you, God, to glorify you with everything. In Jesus' name, amen.